COVID issue for all women. Hello, Mickey here. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops, which I could bill as a well-planned Mother's Day special. But to be honest, we just wanted to chat about being the mum of teenagers with Sue Elliott Nichols and thought Mother's Day was as good a day as any to release it. And so, here it is. Sue Elliott Nichols, who you might and certainly should follow on Twitter as at Swelliot Nickers, is a journalist, broadcaster, actor and a mum to two boys. And while Hannah, Jen and I don't have children, we have all been teenagers. So we wanted to know from Sue if it was as nightmarish slash joyous from the other side and also find out what she's learned along the way. Oh, and also hark back to the days when we thought we were getting away with smoking, blushed at the sex chats, ran away with our roller skates and that one time my mum panicked that ProPlus was a gateway to heroin. As for Mother's Day, a very happy one to you if you've got kids or you look after kids or your children are those covered in fur. I mean, I am talking about pets here rather than a medical condition, but everyone's included. And much love to you if, for whatever reason, today is a tough one. Hey there, you lot. If you want to follow every aspect of our lives on social media, and why wouldn't you, because you're only human, you can! We're on Twitter as a team at Standard Issue UK or individually on at Inspiragen, at That Dunleavy and at Mixter Noonan. And I'd like to think it'll be fairly obvious who's who. We're on Facebook as well at Standard Issue Magazine and even Instagram at Standard Issue Podcast. Come to us. Look at our faces. Hello, we, and by we, I mean Hannah Dunleavy. Hello. And Jennifer Offord. Yo. Are joined by actress and broadcaster Sue Elliott Nichols. Hello. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Sue has come in to talk to us about being the mum of a teenager. Yeah, teenagers. What kind of teenagers? One is actually 23. He's moved back home, so he's become a teenager again. He was a man. And now he's become a teenager. So even though he's 23, he's kind of, yeah, he's got his regress. We've all regressed. Okay. The entire family has regressed. And yeah, and they're three alpha males, including my husband. So basically, absolutely any chance on this planet that I have of removing myself from the family home, I'll take, apart from when they're all asleep. How old is the actual teenager? Actual, actual 17. Actual 17. Yeah, yeah. So we're slightly coming out of the hell, but it brings its own hell. So you've got a new perspective on it. Yeah, sort of. But as I say, you know, you dip back in (laughs) quite regularly. So I'm going to put it out on the table that Sue is chatting to three child-free women. (laughs) But we have all been teenagers, just better check, Hannah. Yeah, but also I look after children quite regularly a couple of whom are about to become teenagers. Oh, that is true. Your nephew's not far off, is he? Yeah, he's 12. I reckon you'll be okay though, because you'll be like you'll be like the cool friend. Yeah, well, to be honest, I am mostly okay. Yeah. In fact, he's so adorable, so lovely, such a pleasure to spend time with. It actually, I'm a little bit scared that he might fine. have a personality change. Well, this actually leads really neatly into a question I wanted to ask, which of course is the classic Kevin and Perry sketch where Kevin goes to bed, twelve year old, sweet, kisses mum and dad, thanks Harry Enfield for Kevin and Perry, and wakes up Kevin the teenager. Is that a myth? Does it happen? Is it an overnight switch? It does happen. And, and, and in a sort of fairy story-like way, it happens to the parent as well. So you've kind of gone from, from leading female beautiful role to kind of grotesque sideline caricature, character part, evil godmother, grandmother, hideous 
hideous monster in the corner. So you've gone from the very top of the pedestal right sinking down to the bowels of their of their love and affection. That that sounds fun. Honestly, it's like it's like you know you see these mothers and they're like looking with with unadulterated love into their child's eye and their child's looking back at it. It's just like it's so beautiful. And then suddenly that look changes into this kind of sideways snarly glance like oh my god I can't even believe you could say something so stupid you could be <laughs> oh I'd like rather be anywhere but in your company so it's like everybody changes talk but, us through living with teenagers well, give, know, it, give us a standard day in the life of a teenager. day with a teenager is kind of like walking on to the biggest roller coaster that you can get to in Thorpe Park where you go kind of from the very top because they can actually be really gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and very funny and witty and their banter it, you remember when you were a teenager that that hideously cruel banter that went on in the classroom which was so awful but so 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 funny so you get to hear all of that and that's brilliant that's really funny like one of my kids was smoking a vape the other day and the other one and his friends were like walking around calling him Gandalf (laughs) (laughs) so that is brilliant but then when it comes to going out or what time you've got to be home or anything that might challenge what they want to do then you suddenly just become the enemy and it's the end of the world and you're the worst person in the world you know so that a, a day a day can go like that they can go from being adorable to hideous in the space of a day you have been the parent to two teenagers yeah what are the main things that you have learned through these fraught and also joyous experiences I think I've had to become a bit zen. Well, actually, that's allowed. I've had to try and become a bit zen. (laughs) Practice zen. I can see the point of it now. I can see, you know, like when they talk about kind of living in the moment and, you know, don't project into the future or look behind. Just just be in the moment. I, I get what that means now. I can't say that I'm actually any good at it, but I get the point of it now. I think that you've just got to sort of deal with what you've got on that particular second and like you can have the hugest argument with them about whether you're going to let them go to a party huge and then you're in the you're in the foulest mood and you're thinking oh am I being am I being too much am I being too strict am I not being strict enough am I and and then there's it's they're sort of like oh it's not happening now uh, you have gone through this roller coaster they're they're over it they're over it and on to the next drama so I think that I've kind of learned that it's best just to try and be in the moment and not take yourself too seriously did you rediscover your teenage qualities? Did you find yourself getting stroppy and reactive? I think I was more teenage than them. <laughs> I think, yes, because you want to be the adult and you want to be the person that's, like, you know, really kind of sensible, but you end up... They, they say such ridiculously hideous things that then you end up going, I can't believe you're talking to me like that! And then you turn into one too and then you're both, like, screaming at each other. And there's this moment when you think, OK... Be the adult, be the adult, be the adult. But yeah, no, uh, you do turn into, it's impossible not to if you're being faced with somebody being hysterical to you. Well, it is for me anyway, I'm sure there are those. My mum and I did not get on when we when I was a teenager. I mean, I actively disliked her, she actively disliked me for a lot of the time. She once said to me that the worst thing she could wish on me was me as a teenager <laughs> that she would look forward to the day she came round to my house I to hear to be it, 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 is that is is that my I, mum particularly bad or is that a universal? No. 
I totally get what your mum is. And my mum said the same thing to me. And my mum was still bringing up how hideous I was as a teenager when I was like 30. So she couldn't let it go. She yeah. couldn't <laughs> stop talking about it. But actually, I have, I have thought to myself, oh, I actually can't wait for you to have kids and have to deal with this kind of stuff on a daily basis. Yeah, I have thought that. Is that what put you off on it? <laughs> no, not so, not so much. No, that's not why I didn't want to have kids at all. But I do look back on that period, and I think that was was genuinely awful, like really, really awful, and awful for the entire house mm. because there was other people in. The, I mean, obviously, my dad would get involved in it. My sister would end up involved in it. My brother would just want someone to help him with his homework, and <laughs> this whole thing would be going on around it. I mean, it was pretty toxic, I would say. From about the age of, I would say, 14 to 16. That's when that's it was at, about, it, yeah. at its worst, I would say. Yeah, I'd say that is the worst. But you know what? I wonder whether your brother and sisters actually cared. Because I had a, a, obviously, come from, I come from a big family where we had lots of teenagers. But I actually think that my youngest son, when the oldest one was being a pain, I don't think he really cared that much. I think he just let it all go over his head. Do you think they did? Well, yeah. I mean, my brother was 10 years younger, so my brother was a child. So a lot of things went over his head, if you know what I mean, at that point. I think my sister was just glad it wasn't her day. Do you know know what I mean? It was like, oh, literally, I look great today. I'm just going to be quiet and ride this one out or whatever. Yeah. There was one moment when one of my... I'm making them sound really terrible. They're actually great, but, you know, it's much more entertaining to talk about how terrible they can be. And I remember one of them having a row with his girlfriend on the street at like one o'clock in the morning on our street. All the neighbours' curtains are twitching, you know, everybody's got these kind of perfect organic families and there's my son and his girlfriend having a screaming around on the street one o'clock in the morning. So I sent Tony down, I sent my husband down because he's a bit calmer and cooler. And uh, and, and my, my youngest son had hopped out of bed and was looking out the window and I went, get to bed, go to bed, this has nothing to do with you, you've got school tomorrow. And he's like... Are you joking? There's beef on the street, Mum. It's my brother. <laughs> beef on the street? That's that Brexit betrayal, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me and my mum had some absolute humdingers. My mum's classic was always, go and live with your dad. He doesn't want you either. Thanks, Mum. Yeah. Scarred. I used to threaten to leave a lot. And my dad would always, my mum would go, where are you going to go? And my dad would just go, do I lift, love? <laughs> that was his response to everything. A lift. Did you ever run away? I, I went to stay with friends of mine. I went to stay with my aunt once, but it, run away as in, I suppose, I left the house. But eventually when you got to the house that you went to, someone would ring and say, she's here. Oh, thank God. If we'd had a round, one of them went storming out. I think, oh, imagine that you don't answer your phone or you don't come back. or And you're sort of waiting for them to text. Yeah. It's like having a, well, a bad relationship. I didn't have a phone. No, we didn't have a phone in those days. I um, once packed seven pairs of knickers and um, a toothbrush and went and sat in the local park for three hours. Uh, and then I got My cold. As, went a, as a very yeah. small child, I, I, yeah, I, I would say I was about six then. or seven, yeah. I ran away. My suitcase was too heavy because I had packed my roller skates. I hadn't even had the common sense to put them on. I'd actually packed skate my roller away. skates. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Just kind of skates off into the sunset. Yeah. yeah, I packed a bag once. I was probably younger than 10 at the time. Packed a bag, went and sat in the park literally next door to our house and waited for my mum to go. And she didn't, so I just went back. Just went home? Yeah. Do you yeah. think she knew where you were? Yes. <laughs> she could, she see you, could she see you from the window? She wouldn't have been able to see me from the window, no. Yeah. Can I ask what the 21st century equivalent to the threat I'm going to call child line 
which was uh, another quite commonly thrown around yeah so yeah. i think they still say that oh do they yeah yeah they still say that or, or they'll be like oh i can't believe you've done this and oh, oh i can't believe you're making me you're making me stay in and change my sheets and you're like well you know you could, i'm gonna call or, or i can't even think of an example but i'm gonna call child and i'm like okay we'll call them and let them know what's happened i'm sure they'll calm you down but yeah no it's the same thing but i was a hideous teenager as well i was absolutely awful do you remember that as a mom do you remember that in the heat of the moment or does that all go out the window because there is that thing where they go like the stuff i got told off for was definitely stuff my mum had done when she was younger yeah oh my mum hitchhiked across the country when she was 17 now i would have been in deep shit even though i left home at 17 i'd have still been in deep shit for doing that so do you find that you're telling them off in a slightly hypocritical way. 100% hypocritical. Oh. A 100% hypocritical because that's your job, really. I, I made the mistake of telling my kids some of the bad things that I've done. I thought it would be really cool when they're like 12 and I said, oh, I did this and I did that. And, you know, we'll have this really open, lovely relationship when they're teenagers. And they just totally bring it up in every single argument, every time you're telling them not to do something. They're like, And you're saying, I didn't tell you I did it because I, it was the right thing to do, or I thought it was cool, or maybe I did think it was cool. But I don't want you to do it. I mean, you know, you know that you survived, but you don't know that they're going to. And I suppose when you're an adult, you know, loads of people that didn't survive. You know, you mm. know, people that did fall off along the way, that did get into this and that, and not pull themselves together. So, your job is to kind of be the killjoy, really, to rain on their parade on that, a daily basis. That leads really neatly into the big chats, because obviously we're, we're doing the lols, but being a teenager is tricky. Your whole life goes into flux. There are hormones everywhere. Hair is sprouting from all sorts of regions. It's horrific, and you also have to talk to your parents. Or they have to talk to you about booze, drugs, sex. How did the chats go? Any tips? They just absolutely happen, you know, because they happen as you're going along. And so I've always talked to them about sex probably more than they would like. But I kind of feel as a sort of... As I a think mother. you're my mum. Yeah, my mum <laughs> always tried to talk to us about sex. My- and I found the whole thing just... I know what happens and that's all we need to know. My mate used to come around and ask her questions too. She was like the font of all sexual knowledge. But I just felt a slightly responsible as a mother of two boys, mm. you know, to just let them know about, like, I can remember saying to one of them at 14, you do know that, like, if a girl says that, oh, mum, not this again. Yes, you've told us. If a girl says no, yes, we stop banging on about it. We know. Yes, we know it's fine if we're gay. No, we're not gay. Are you sure? Because if you are, you know, it's absolutely fine. I quite like you, really. <laughs> yeah, but I know you were mum. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not. Like, they're kind of... But I did feel slightly responsible and also... You know, to say, look, if you're having sex, there's a cupboard with condoms. And I'm like one of those awful, I'm only that, like, meet, meet the Fuka's mum, aren't I? I've got an image of them <laughs> opening a door in the kitchen and there just is. being showered with there condoms. There is a medicine cabinet. <laughs> and I always fill it up and I'm like, I won't ask any questions. Like, you know, if any of your friends want to just, just, you know, take them, take them. And I just, so I think I probably too much that way. And then when it comes to drugs... Well, they always laugh and say that I think that they're crackheads, you know, because they're like, oh, Mum, you know, we might smoke the odd... Well, you can tell. You can tell when they're 
doing stuff. And to be honest, that is a worry sometimes. I think... I don't know how bad it is. We always say, oh, well, it's much worse now. You know, strains of weed are much worse now than when we were kids, and it's much stronger now. And it's not, Maybe it's not. But maybe that's an urban myth. I don't know. But I feel like it probably is. So, I think it is stronger. Yeah, mm. I feel like where we would have... Uh, you're not sure. No, I'm not sure. Hannah's shaking her head. Yeah. So I feel like, you know... The, the worry about stuff like that for me and that sort of evidence of psychosis and stuff. But on the other hand, you know when they have them, it stinks for a start. You just try and keep the lines of communication open. See, my mum didn't have a sense of, or doesn't still have a sense of smell. <laughs> I got All away. around to Dunleavy's. I got away with it. And my dad smoked 40 fags a day. Oh, so if he smelt stuff, he just assumed it was him. <laughs> so I'd come home like relatively late and obviously have like really red eyes and go, oh, I'm going to make some toast and go to bed and just think that she wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm just going to go have some toast at like 11 o'clock at night and then go <laughs> to bed. I don't think my mum did know, or maybe she did. My mum knew. Did she ever talk to you about it? or did she? No, she was kind of like of the, with like drink and stuff, she was always like a, I just want to know that you're all right kind of thing. So if I know that you're drinking, I just, I sort of would rather know and know where you're doing it and I'm not going to be like, about it, I just sort of want to know what's going on. She was pretty cool about most things. My mum was cool about booze, but like properly paranoid, oddly, about any sort of drugs. She genuinely thought Proplus was a gateway to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that as well about like teenagers and people in their early twenties now, when they say, "Oh, comes on the news," or oh, they don't, they're not drinking as much as we did, and you think that's because they're taking loads more drugs. Yeah. I'm sure of it. You know. well, I wanted, um, with me, my parents were like, I mean, a lot of drug taking passed them by, um, but uh, uh, drinking, they didn't have a leg to stand on to talk to me about drinking. Mm-hmm. Sex, they were, my mum was quite like, just don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, you know, that's... Quite... It is entirely a woman's responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> um, I found that my biggest rouse tended to happen to them about me being somewhere that they wanted me to be that's when it got really difficult I'm going to your grandmother's come with me no I don't want to go that that was the the it was being told where I had to be that I objected to personally and one of the biggest things with those was church me giving up going to church was a row that went on for about a year and a half it was yeah it was awful I got my own way eventually yeah, I've learnt to stop making them go places. I did try that. I mean, you know, it's a typical family story. It was the oldest son that got all the grief from me, really, and the youngest one just slipped under the radar. Yeah. He did just as bad things as his brother had done, but he didn't kind of like... Sometimes they sort of put it in your face, like you have to do something about it, because yeah. they're kind of... Well, they're testing boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. You think? Yeah. yeah. You don't think yeah. it's just, like, stupid? That's <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I used, to write, about, I used to write about politics a lot with my mum oh, and parents at that age. Just like, oh, you know nothing. Yeah, you know, what the, f- what the fuck do you know? You don't live in the real world. It's like, like I was 15 and I did. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's and it's so weird because there's, like, like, there's arguments still happening the way that I'm sort of trying to say to them, like, you know, what life was like before social media. And they're like, yeah, yeah, but mum, you know, you don't understand. You don't understand how good it is. You don't. And I just think, no, but you don't understand. You don't understand what it was like before. And I wish you I wish you'd known it before. 
or we'd both experienced it to know whether it's better or worse. But, you know, they just think that I'm a total dinosaur. I've only just got online banking. <laughs> <laughs> I still pay for things with cash. You know, when you go into a shop with cash and the hipsters look at you like, oh, Gee, yeah, Jesus. Gosh, yeah. Oh, my God. Your world's like black and white. Weird. <laughs> like sepia tinged. <laughs> Oi, oi, Mickey here. So, yeah, you know, we love making the Standard Issue podcast and we're well chuffed that so many of you are listening. A little playful punch on the arm to each and every one of you, you smashers. Now then, you can help us keep making content that champions women by bobbing on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Standard Issue, and any spare bunts that you might have, a little bit of coin, a little bit of dollar, just pop it our way and we are supremely grateful. And just so you know what's coming up in that there women championing content, you may have seen a trailer for the forthcoming Sally Wainwright series, Gentleman Jack, about to appear on the BBC. Well, we only went and had lunch in a bloody trailer on the set of it. That's right. And you can hear our chat with Sally sometime very soon. Mmm, mystery. Please give generously. The social media thing's really interesting because obviously there's a big increase in mental health issues among teenagers. Certainly uh, girls, I think, is the one where it's had the biggest rise, but young boys as well, obviously. Have you seen evidence of that? Has that been something that's been on your radar? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think social media for teenagers, I don't know what good it does. I'm sure there is some good, but it feels like to me it doesn't do much good for them at all. I mean, my youngest son the one who's a teenager now he doesn't have a smartphone really because he doesn't want one not because we haven't said he could he, he's just worried about losing it so he goes on the ipad all the time so he has what he calls a trap phone the kids call it like a dealer's phone is your son a dealer <laughs> i hope he's only got one phone so i think oh, we're okay. all right uh, but yeah. you know don't worry i'm checked i've through his drawers <laughs> 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 regularly <laughs> what was I talking about oh yeah social media yes I think that that whole thing about likes and I mean it's almost dystopian sometimes isn't it you know mm-hmm. how many likes you get what you look like the, the photographs of the that I see of some of the girls on their Instagram like sweet girls that I've known since they were kind of two you know like doing these sort of slightly porny kind of expressions and in sort of bikini t- I don't know I just feel like and how many likes that you get and oh you're beautiful babe and all this and it's never ending is it, it, it you know they go to sleep with it at night they wake mm-hmm. up with it in the morning like if we'd had a row with our friends at school nobody could get to you when you're at home it was unlikely they were going to phone you if they'd had a row unless they wanted to kind of make up with you and so yeah I feel like that self-esteem thing with social media has got to be a, a boundary that they a hurdle that they've got to get over hasn't it you know mm. have either of your two spoken to you about it they think that i'm really clueless when i try and talk to them about it the younger one he's less into social media he's more he'd rather go out i mean he's the only one out of all his friends that knows how to get anywhere because they've all got google maps they haven't got a clue how to how to get anywhere so every time they're they're going somewhere different they was bringing him along because mm. he's the only person who knows his way around london because he's never had a phone like but yeah the younger one he really you know there was one time that it was a terrible 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 they all got beaten up really badly in a park in london 
because one of them had got into a row with a girl that she didn't he didn't know on Facebook, and then there was a whole sort of gang thing. They all came down, beat the absolute crap out of them. Um, they all ended up in hospital, and that was all to do with an argument oh, that Jesus. happened when they were kind of 14 in their rooms, having a row with somebody that they didn't really know, you know. So, yeah, I think it is. I think it's really difficult, social media with teenagers, because they haven't got the kind of edit button that you get as you get older to know when to stop and what to say that we would have yeah. or maybe not. Inter- have. Interesting what you say about being in your rooms. Now, I mean, of course, in, in the olden days, sorry to go all partridge, but... Old lady times. Yeah, in the old lady times, when I'd done something that, that my mum wanted me to, A, just get out of her face and B, be denied some sort of, you know, privilege, you were sent to your room. And children's rooms now... In the old days, that when you, your child was in their room, they were safe. They were in their room. You knew where they were. I mean, maybe they could climb out the window, but whatever. Now, people have access to your children in their room. It's A, it's not a punishment, and B, it's not always a safe place, is it? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I've ever sent them to their rooms, probably for that reason, actually. I mean, I was sort of found that grounding them worked like the best of all, even though it made me the most hated person on the entire planet. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. There's nowhere to get away from it, is there? I mean, even I kind of sometimes have to take Twitter off my phone because I find myself looking at it as soon as I open my eyes, you know, and I'm a fully grown adult. Obviously, that's what you're going to do if you're a teenager. Yeah, and I think the self-esteem thing, sometimes I question whether mental health is worse than it was or whether it's just more talked about now. Yeah. Mm. But I think that, that social media can't help when you're that age and you're so desperate to be liked and affirmed by people, especially when you're in that like first couple of years of secondary school, we haven't really found your group of friends. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure we were all like it. I was, my kids were, most of my friends' kids. You get that first year at secondary school and you, you haven't quite found your people and you're trying to work out who likes you and who doesn't. I mean, social media must be awful when you're going through that. God, I didn't find my people till I was in my 30s. <laughs> school was awful. Would you want to be a teenager today? I'm going to chuck this round the table, so I'm going to start with Jen. I think there's good and bad things, but on balance, no, because of all of the things we talked about. I think the social media stuff is like, I think, you know, sometimes it terrifies me as a 36-year-old, and um, maybe maybe if you're younger, it terrifies you less because you kind of understand it more, but I don't think that's true because it has been a thing for most of my kind of, like, young adulthood until now, but I do think the stuff the images and the information stuff that you have to process now is it's just it's too much do you know what I mean and and I can't process it all at my age so how 16 year old me would have done it I I don't know sorry Mm. that was a long answer no it's it's a good answer Hannah well from the point of view of do I I think actually 15 year old me probably would have stood up quite well to that because I, I I was never really into what I looked like you're not on Facebook now, mate. You wouldn't have been on it. Uh, yeah. Well, I am. I just never go on there. But that's why I never turn up at people's parties. Stop <laughs> inviting me to parties on Facebook. Um, so that sort of stuff wouldn't bother me. But as, as, if it's a question of would I be a teenager again, then absolutely not. Right. Because it was a particularly, yeah, unpleasant time of my life, I would say. Yeah. I, I have virtually no friends from that period that have lasted me into adult life. Mm, same, actually. Which I think probably says something about what 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 a horrible time it was for all involved. I think that's also about finding your people, though, isn't it? Like, I'm not in touch with that many people 
who I was friends with when I was a teenager just because, I mean, you're landlocked, aren't you? And then you sort of go and you do other things and you meet people who you'd be more naturally inclined to. Yeah, I guess, yeah. like, as kids, your neighbour's your best yeah. mate and it's because they're literally next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have you any like choice. Them. Yeah, you're told to <laughs> go and is, play with this them. This is who there is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there are, obviously, there are cases where that mm. continues, that friendship continues, but... I'm I'm with I'm with Hannah and Jen on this one. I wouldn't want to be a teenager again, which I think is like a better question. Um, no, it was awful. I got bullied relentlessly. Yeah, I was bullied for a while until I got to sort of like year nine, and then yeah, yeah. Thirty-two, mate. No, yeah. uh, a little bit before. <laughs> Sharp, that. mate. I don't know. Sharp. Don't you stop? <laughs> Jesus. I, um, I don't think to it, but that, you know when people say. It's really terrible to be a teenager now. I really don't think it is. I think it's the same. And I think that, you know, there is social media that is a downer. But I think that, you know, and I do some youth work with teenagers as well. And they're not, you know, they're in school. So they have to be there. It's not like they've chosen to be there. (laughs) And uh, I think that they're more tolerant than we were. Mm. You know, I think it's easier to be gay than it was in school. Like when you're 14, 15, I don't think... But I know that there's not the same kind of... <coughs> kids don't really care that much. They're very... You know, to to look down on someone who's gay is as bad as being racist as far as they're concerned. So I think that that's really good. I think they're more tolerant of different nationalities, where you come from, you know. So I feel like there's a lot of pluses as well. Plus, they're much more on it with kind of mental health and anxiety. And, you know, they they talk about that a lot more than we did so I think I probably had anxiety as a teenager, but I didn't know what it was called. I just thought I was a bit mad, <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas now they've got a name for it and they discuss it. So actually, I think that there are there are negatives, but I think there's also a lot of pluses to being a teenager now. And I think maybe what Hannah and Jen touched on in that kind of not having people around you, not having mates that have lasted, it's actually easier to find your tribe now because it doesn't have to be the person next door or the people in school you can go outside of that i do technically belong to a, a an almost a literal tribe anyway that in true. that i have the most enormous family so that's actually inaccurate to say i don't have friends from that age i have cousins who were my friends are, are still my cousins are still my friends um if if you know what i mean what i do envy the one thing i do like is having spent some time yesterday with my nephew um and we were doing a quiz and there was a question that I didn't think he'd know the answer to because he's 12 and he did. And I was like, and I looked quite impressed and he's like, I don't know why, like, I don't remember why I know that. And I thought, the power of recall. Oh my <laughs> God. To just to just have learned something and filed it and be able to get it back out of your brain. That the, I envy. But the flip side of that is still having all of the lyrics from various 80s songs <laughs> in my oh, brains yeah. and not being able to learn new software. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's that's. I feel deal. like they work much harder than we do in a good way. Like I, I've never really been pushy with my kids, but I feel like they want to succeed in a way that we didn't really care. You know, it, it's like it's not looked down. And when I was at school, I slightly pretended to be thicker than I was till I got to sixth form, just so that I could be kind of one of the girls, you know, like quite cool in the classroom. Whereas now I feel like it's got it's not like that anymore. It's like you know, it's fine to be bright yeah. and to be good at something like younger people seem quite driven to me and success seems to be something that is more sought after than it maybe was that does seem to mm. be more of a thing now mm. and we meet people all the time doing this job and we're just like fucking hell you're 23 and like look what you've done I'm looking at you Laura Spirit exactly mm. yeah 
Have they watched With Nell and I 700 times? Probably not. Probably not. It's too long. Yeah. Uh, longer than four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sue, thank you so thank much for you. coming in to chat to us. Where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter. Swirly at Knickers. They can hear me on Woman's Hour on Radio 4. Tracy Armour show and also the hideously annoying voice on Horrid Henry of Moody Margaret. So apologies to any parents. Quick burst, quick burst like you're telling us I'll off. I'll have to lean back. Okay. Otherwise I'll... I'll get you, Henry! Okay, that is... Ow. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't, hopefully that's all right. <laughs> what you couldn't hear there was all of the windows shattering. <laughs> <laughs> Standard issue for all women.